Okay. Um, hey guys, uh, Jeff Ingram here. I'm one of the co-founders of the Ingram Mortgage Team. Uh, we're a, uh, a team of five uh, head office located in Cloverdale, BC here. Um, been in the business for 11 years myself. My partner is my, my father, Mark. He's been in the business for over 40 years. So uh, kind of seen uh, all the highs and lows throughout his career. And uh, I've now seen a couple of them starting in 08, 09 and, and now starting to see a second financial crisis here. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to um, reflect on what happened when I first started and um, now kind of use that knowledge and, and that history and from everything that I remember back then to parlay it to my customers today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm sure people have like quite a few questions around uh, what's happening today and, and you know, their mortgage and, and refining or, you know, the interest rate seems to be going down. I think it went down again today because it's, the, it's March 27th uh, and they put it down to a quarter point. Um, you know, how, how's that reflecting right now in the world of mortgages? Well, um, it's definitely making things a little busier. I thought I was going to have a fairly casual Friday today and, uh, but I actually woke up to a number of different, uh, voicemails and text messages. It's funny nowadays, I actually find out about these rate cuts from my clients, uh, before I even had, even had a chance to log onto my computer and see for myself what's going on so that's just how connected everyone is now um but yeah i mean what we saw you know kind of the cause and effect of everything that went on is we saw the markets uh tank essentially with the the covid crisis that's been going on that drove the bond market down as well the bond market is what fixed rates in canada are priced on and so we saw fixed rates come down to you know levels in, in the very low twos, sometimes even the high ones in a couple special circumstances. And those are rates that we've never, ever seen before. Um, and so we saw those, they were around for only about a week or a week and a half. So it's a very short period of time because what happened after that is the Bank of Canada announced two cuts to their overnight rate. Um, and after that second cut is when the banks kind of started tightening up and going, hold on a second here. We need to kind of start building in a bit of a buffer and a cushion because we foresee some tighter times ahead. And so um, at the same time as that too, the government announced their first stimulus package. And so that's, that stimulus package actually pushed some upward pressure on the bond market again. And at the same time, like I said, the banks are building in a, in a bit of a buffer. So we actually saw the fixed rates jump all the way back up to levels that they were at previous to any of this even beginning. Like as of today, you know, fixed rates are at the high twos, low threes again. And so this is all inside a two week period. So it, it was just an absolute roller coaster for the last two weeks. Um, with the prime rate getting knocked down, that of course benefits anyone who's already holding uh, variable rate mortgages or home equity lines of credit. So they will see their interest rates dropping accordingly. Um, for any new customers, however, the banks start, have taken away their discounts on the variable rate mortgages. So uh, because Prime was dropping so much, um, they took away all their discounts. To give you an example, on average, you used to be able to get uh, roughly 80 basis points below whatever the Prime rate was at. Now most lenders are at even Prime, if not a little bit higher. So a lot of them are now priced at like Prime plus 0.2. Um, so they've just, just to clarify if if you already had a mortgage before that though it you're so like if it was like you know prime minus x you still have that today though 
Exactly. You still have your discounts. Your discount is what remains constant. So anyone who's in a variable rate mortgage previous to this, which uh, luckily 90% of our database is, um, they're reaping the rewards right now. Have you seen a lot of people kind of um, looking to try to pull the trigger on locking in? Um, are people feeling kind of like the pinch of kind of what's happening and saying, well, how much lower is it really going to get? Um, yeah. cause I mean, I, you know, it's interesting that you say that the majority of your clients on are a variable because people usually shy away from variable yeah. on average. So obviously you're educating people a bit more on those things. Yeah, for sure. People often shy away from the variable because, um, they don't do a ton of research behind it, to be honest. Um, and, and that is where we step in. Like, uh, if you look at, at history over the past, you know, 50 plus years, Anyone who's taken a variable rate long term has has well, the other thing the variable rate offers is is a lot of flexibility, and so that's the main reason why I'm not suggesting anyone to lock in right now. Um, the fixed rate market is far more volatile than the variable rate market is right now, um, and so I'm just very hesitant to lock in and commit to something that uh, or during times of such uncertainty. And so I think what you're going to see here is a lot of opportunity for those clients who are in variable rate mortgages because prime has dropped as of this morning, a point and a half. So if the bank passes on that full discount again this morning, which they have uh, during the past two drops, those variable rate clients are going to see their interest rates drop by one and a half percentage points. That's a big win. Um, and if we look back to um, the last financial crisis in 08, 09, uh, again, the Bank of Canada dropped the overnight lending rate, um, you know, to levels that we hadn't seen before, uh, and they do that to help stimulate the economy. Well, once we started to come out on the other side of that and things started to recover, it took a very long time for them to start increasing the prime rate again. I mean, the prime rate didn't really start increasing until late 2017. So um, I, based on the amount of money that the government is pumping into the economy right now, Again, I think that those in, those people who are are patient with the variable rate, they will have an opportunity to enjoy a fairly low interest rate for a decent period of time without having to worry about it skyrocketing up. Um, when the economy does start to turn, the government will likely um, start going about things and increasing things slowly as to not um, you know, trigger negative effects on the economy again, right? So um, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think there's less variability in variable rate mortgages right now than people might be led to believe. Right, right. And uh, yeah, with the bump down, obviously, like there's, there's some savings to be had here. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of uh, people qualifying for mortgages or even like, you know, some people I've talked to said, you know, you should probably, if you have a ton of home equity, like, Try to get like a home equity loan, not 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 to use it up right away, but if you have enough equity in your house, it's like it might make sense to get access to that. Um, if you do think that your job is potentially at risk, um, yeah. you know, like how would you how would you help people navigate that, or like what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. So for anyone whose whose jobs might potentially be at risk, uh, there's a few different things that are going on right now. Number one, the most popular thing that's in the news right now is the the uh, mortgage payment deferral options. And I'm sure you're going to get to that eventually. But um, that's essentially um, the government and the banks have partnered up in, in saying that they're going to offer clients an opportunity to defer their mortgage payments for up to six 
months. So um, that's the most popular, um, you know, point of relief that's being given to these customers right now. Um, th that's really for those people who, you know, both income earners and the family have been laid off and, and at desperate times call for desperate measures type thing. Um, for those who maybe only one of their, uh, one of the spouses have been laid off and, and there's still one income coming in, uh, deferring their mortgage isn't quite necessary. There's some other things we can look at, you know, using the equity in their home, we can free up some cash flow for them by restructuring things. We can consolidate some of that, you know, high interest consumer debt that a lot of people carry these days. Um, and so we can consolidate that into the mortgage at a much lower interest rate and, and free up their cash flow. I mean, when we run those scenarios for people, if they have, you know, some debt or, or a big car loan or something like that, uh, lots of times we're freeing up their monthly cash flow by, you know, you know, north of $700 a month, which is huge for people entering um, uncertain times like we're seeing right now. So uh, to be able to give someone that option of, of, hey, like, let's look at your cash flow situation, see what we can do. Um, and, you know, you don't have to defer your mortgage payments. Um, a lot of people are, are really liking that option, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what about like people say, like, for example, like real estate investors that, that have renters and their renters can't afford anything. I, I heard that there's like a, a couple of programs there, but I mean, does it make sense to defer your mortgage in if you're in that kind of situation where like you have a mortgage, but your renter isn't paying, therefore, you know, you, you have to like go out of pocket because I mean, not everybody has, you know, five or 10 properties. Some people save really hard and get one right yeah yeah that's a really good point and we're actually still waiting for clarification on that because for the mortgage deferral options to this point what we've heard is that they're being offered to people who have been laid off from their jobs and who um you know need help making those payments and whatnot we haven't um we're still we haven't heard of any situations yet where someone who hasn't been laid off from their job they still have an income coming in but they have a rental property uh with a tenant who can't pay the rent right now um and so we haven't seen any of those ones be approved yet um so we're still waiting on some clarification on that but i would imagine that you know, the banks are right right now, they're doing everything they can to help people out. So I would imagine that would be a, a pretty good case to, um, for them to have a look at. And um, it should be a, a pretty good case uh, for them to approve that scenario. Um, I also have heard that the BC government just the other day announced that um, um, they are putting a hold on evictions to, uh, to uh, um, tenants and landlords. So landlords can no longer uh, evict their tenants for the time being. So, uh, you know, if, if they're doing that to protect the renters, then on the flip side, they're going to have to do something to protect the landlords as well. Well, and, and beyond that, I mean, um, you know, I, I was asking a couple of questions of like a realtor and, you know, he said an hour before uh, the government said like, well, you cannot uh, the government evict anyone. Um, He's uh, like a friend of his served uh, a renter uh, eviction notice. Well, I don't know if that's the right term, but so like a house sold and they're like, okay, you need to leave because like the, the, the new buyers taking occupancy and an hour later, it's like, Hey, you can't evict anyone. And now they're like, well, what do we do? Yeah. Right? I, 
yeah, I, I've, I've been following a lot of real estate forums as well and seeing seeing those kind of questions being asked. I know the, the real estate industry is still waiting on some clarification around that too, because typically if you are selling a rental property, um, you are required to serve a, you know, a notice to vacate essentially to those tenants and, and they have to leave because the, the property is being sold. Uh, well, if they can no longer give those clients a notice to vacate, um, I'm not sure what's going to happen because that would obviously collapse a deal. If a family's planning on moving into that home that they're buying, they're not going to move in with those renters. Well, I mean, and, and that's the dangerous thing. Like, I mean, a huge chunk of um, government tax revenue is like, you know, property transfer taxes, it's anything to do with homes and building, uh, especially in BC. So it really does kind of beg the question, like, well, where are we going with this? Because I mean, I get it from both ends. Like, you know, imagine you just got laid off and you are, you get served this notice to like vacate and no one is going to rent you anything because you don't have a job, right? Yeah. It's like, you're applying to somewhere. It's like, what's your job? It's like, I'm unemployed, right? Yeah. Like as much as we can say, we can't, you know, people are like the government would say, well, you can't, you know, you can't discriminate against somebody because they don't have a job. It's like, yeah, but like there's a million and one reasons to just not give somebody something. Right. So, sure. so it's like, so what does that person do on one hand? But on the other hand, it's like, are you really going to have deals collapsing because of this? And I think the answer is yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing. No, it's really not. And yeah. Are they going to collapse or are they going to, you know, those completions just going to be pushed out on those. I'm not sure that's uh that is one heck of a juggling act that they have in front of them. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, to be honest. I think um, at the end of the day, like I, I think the governments have done a, a pretty good job of, of stepping in to offer as much relief as they can to all, you know, all different um, sides of the, or both sides of the fence and all, all different um, people in different scenarios and situations. Right. And so um, I, I think there's a lot of empathy being given. And so I would, I'm just optimistic and hopeful that that they will come to a, a, a resolution that will um, please both sides um, in this case. Is, have renewals been affected in any way, shape, or form at this point, or is it just mainly like questions about the situation? So you're talking like um, individuals who are coming up to the end of their mortgage term and they have to renew? Yeah. And, and what are some considerations? Like if your renewals in the next, like, you know, two to six months, like what are some good things to at least keep your eye on? If not, no, because I mean, I know the situation is changing a lot day by day. Yeah, for sure. So for the most part, um, lenders who are offering renewal options to their customers who have been good customers and made all their payments on time and everything. Usually it's, you know, you know, no questions asked type thing. Like here's your renewal options sign here. Um, they never ask for an updated credit report or very rarely, I should say, do they ask for updated credit report or, or income details, unless they're making material changes to their mortgage, i.e. Um, refinancing and, and accessing their equity, then it's a full new application. Um, what, what it does affect though is, um, you know, it affects someone like myself having the ability to shop that mortgage around for that customer. So if we have past clients who are up for renewal in the next couple of months and we want to shop that around to a new lender and see what other options are out there, 
Um, if they're currently laid off, you know, that's a, a new application to a lender uh, and that customer is currently jobless. So um, those applications just aren't going to be approved until um, until they have their jobs back. So um, it would affect us from being able to shop the market. But in most cases, clients will still have pretty good options to renew with their current lender. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, mixed news there, but I mean, overall good. Yeah. Um, however, I mean, I obviously people that are that are getting unemployed by the day here. Um, I think some. I saw the last figure. I saw like one million people applied for uh, ins like employment insurance. So I was like, okay, well, that's like a stark number um, in terms of like real um, in terms of the real employment unemployment rate, right? So yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, hopefully we can turn that around because I mean, if, if that number hits too high, um, there's, there's, you know, considerations of property values. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's an ever evolving situation. You know, every morning I wake up and, and um, there's new announcements that lenders are making and new policies that are being changed or, or adjusted. So um, I think the situation is just going to continue to evolve. Um, the resounding kind of theme that I am, you know, hearing from most lenders is, you know, they don't want to screw anyone around and, and because at the same time it puts them in a in a tough position as well. So um, they're going to do whatever they can to work with these their customers and, and new customers. Um, most lenders who are receiving applications and, and they are approving them and, and accepting their income conditions because they're currently employed at the at the time. Um, most of them are now saying even if they get laid off um, after they've been approved but before they fund the deal, most of them are saying that they'll still fund the deal kind of like don't tell us information we don't want to hear type of thing. Um, so, which is good. Um, there are a handful, however, who are um, doing final verbal um, calls and clarifications with the employer just before funding. Um, and that really, you know, that screws the customer, screws, screws the, the, the real estate transaction up, it screws everything. So, uh, so far those lenders who are doing those things are, are fewer and further between. Uh, the majority of them are, funding based on their their commitment which is good um but again it, it changes every day and you just never know what what's going to be announced you know tomorrow morning type thing are the lenders that are uh, actually doing the confirmations i assume that they're smaller lenders rather than the like big five uh so the big five actually only some of them have have fully announced what they're doing um, a few of them have announced their their plans for insured high ratio mortgages, but they're still kind of yet to be determined on how they're going to be treating um, conventional mortgages. So again, we're waiting to hear from them. Um, and some of the ones who who are doing the verbal the verbals before uh, right before funding, uh, they're big players. They're they're not they're not small cats by any means. So uh, it's I'm not going to name them on here, but it is interesting uh, to to see how that's evolving. Yeah, I mean, like, just on, I was on an extended call with, like, a couple bankers in the last couple of days, and uh, they're, like, banks are in a strong position yeah. um, to help right now. And and as far as uh, people internally have seen, it's like they're saying, it's like they're really going out of their way to help people as much as they can, yeah. as long as it's not putting, like, the whole system at risk, right? Yeah. 
So it, it's good to see, um, you know, um, any predictions from yourself in terms of like what the mortgage and or like investment side is going to look like on, on the other side. And obviously we won't hold you to it because it's, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, just based on what we've seen in the past, uh, again, I do really believe in the variable rates right now. Um, even, even still like new customers right now, like we're still suggesting variable rates if we can, um, because I think there's less volatility on the variable rate side than there is on the fixed rate side. So we're going to see some opportunities come out on the other end of this, you know, once the market stabilizes and everything, um, the lenders won't have built in as much of a buffer on their fixed rates as they are right now. So you could see fixed rates come come back down to where they were, you know, in the mid twos type thing. That's, I don't think that's a far-fetched theory at this point. So, um, you know, obviously being in a variable rate, you have the um, opportunity to convert and lock into a fixed rate at any time free of charge. So again, just keeping your options open uh, on that side of things, I think is going to be um, really big because um, again, you, ju you just never know what's going to happen. I do believe there's going to be some opportunities uh, with interest rates in the, in, you know, on the other end of this and also on the investment side of things too, not only in real estate, but it, but in the markets. Um, I, I don't think we've seen uh, the bottom of, of the markets yet. Um, they've, I know they've had a bit of a run here the past three days, but uh, I believe that is mostly because of the stimulus that is, that is being announced and also um, the president south of the border is hoping for a, an opening on Easter, which, <laughs> man, that that would be, blow my mind if that happens. I don't he, think there's any. He might do it. What's that? I, I, uh, he might do it. I mean, he uh, sometimes he puts his mind to something and he does it. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, yeah. We'll see, I guess. Right. I mean, yeah. he's, he's laying down a challenge, I think. And uh, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, to be quite honest with you. Like, I think it's dangerous. I mean, they, they well, have more I, I think that's, that's an indisputable point it is. But I mean, we've seen other things that uh, raise eyebrows. That's true. Yeah, it, it definitely will be interesting. But I know a lot of people are banking on that. I, I just don't see how it's possible right now. Because I mean, if you I think I read somewhere yesterday that, you know, 17 days ago, the state of Louisiana had one case. And so he was, you know, he's talking about, you know, opening up the markets uh, in states that, um, you know, don't have a lot of cases right now. Well, 17 days later, Louisiana is close to leading the country in the number of cases, I believe. Right. So uh, it, it's they're calling it one of the epicenters. So, I mean, if other states start to blow up with with the number of cases and everything, too, like, I don't think there's any hope at that point that that things open stir. Uh, and if they don't, then the market's just come tumbling back down again if they haven't already. So it's interesting. It's definitely keeping a watchful eye on things. Yeah. And as our biggest trading partner, I mean, we have to somewhat follow what they do. Um, otherwise, yeah. we run a, you know, run like an extreme long term risk. Yeah. I think that, I mean, it is unprecedented times. Things change by the day. Um, what I've seen, I mean, and I don't know if you've seen this. Um, uh, is people, I'm seeing people with like very high business acumen, not panicking. Yeah. Like, um, I've seen some people panic and they're like, Hey, like stop everything. We're, we're, we're basically shutting her down. Like everything stops full stop. And like, I have other people being like, 
can you data mine what's happening and what are my competitors are doing? And if they're backing down, I want to double down. And we're like, and we're like, yeah, because you might pick up some real cheap business. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, uncertain and scary times often bring opportunities to those who are patient and those who are in good positions. So um, I think that's, uh, that's definitely the case. Um, I'm keeping a watchful eye on things. And um, I know a lot of other people are as well. I know, I know people who did real well during the last economic turndown. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people taking advantage of this one as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a long discussion about this um, yesterday, but it's like, you know, ads, like buying ads um, at, at times like these, a lot of people stop. Yeah. So because ad prices are supply demand based, like that means that ads get cheaper. Right. And as gets cheaper. So if you just maintain what you're doing, you're actually getting more for your money and other competitors are stopping what they're doing. Yeah. All of a sudden you're the only game in town. Yeah. And what's interesting in any downturn is like either you shrink in terms of like you net net shrink or you stay the same size by acquiring other people's market share in your industry. There's only two ways out of this. It's either maintain your size through market share gain or shrink. Yeah. Those are your choices. But there's a big element here of watching what your competitors are doing. Um, One question I had more specifically around mortgages was, um, you know, if somebody's like term is like, say like a year away from like refi or whatever, I mean, like some people have very low penalties. Like, I mean, I know uh, on one of like our investment properties, like, um, uh, like our penalty to like do like a re like to pay out the current term and start a new one is like something like $700 or like $1,100. It's very low. If people are worried about their potential job prospects, et cetera, in the next like two, three, four months, and their their mortgage is coming up in like say like three, four months, is it like a good idea to just bite the bullet, pay that penalty? It might be a couple grand even, right? Because sometimes it's like three months, um, like three months uh, interest or whatever it is. Is it worth just biting the bullet, putting that money into like the refi? and restarting the five-year cycle like because i mean if if you're worried it might make a lot of sense to do that i mean at, at least in my head i don't know if like yeah. what it makes sense in my head makes actual practical sense yeah we, we did a, a ton of those uh during that week and a half where we had you know super low interest rates we we're doing as many as we can uh searching database and contacting clients who um paying that penalty made the most sense uh, for some of them, it made, made sense to pay that penalty and, and drop their rates substantially. They make all that penalty back in, in a very short amount of time and have a low interest rate for a number of years going forward. So for a lot of them, it made sense. We got in, got through as many as we possibly could uh, during that very short window. Rates were literally changing every single every single day. And so it was, it was just a wild ride. Literally on Saturday morning this last week, I I woke up and I was like, I felt like I just got back from Vegas. I was like, what just happened? Like, it was just such a crazy week. Um, But even now that rates are a little bit higher, there's still a lot of those opportunities, especially for those individuals, like you said, who are up for renewal inside the next 12 months. um, And those who um, might want to look at um, 
freeing up cash flow or just changing things around because they are concerned about their job prospects in the next few months. So uh, yeah, definitely worth at least having a conversation and seeing if there's opportunities. Cause like you said, when your uh, maturity date is, is very near the penalty to get out of that is, is minimal in the grand scheme of things. And so if you can take advantage of, of rates today, it's, um, and you know, freeing up that cash flow that you might need, or even taking some of that ad, that equity out just to sit on it as a nest egg for the next coming months. Uh, you never know if you're going to need it. And you know, on the other end of this, if you never had to use it, great, put it back on your mortgage. Uh, no harm, no foul type thing. So uh, you were having a lot of those conversations right now. And for some people, it makes sense. And, and you know, we're, we're doing those, those deals. But for others, it just doesn't, um, you know, depending on what their situation is. And, you know, we're the first one to tell them that, hey, like, you're in a good position. You know, it's just stay the course right now. Yeah, and I think that it, yeah, to your point, it's completely dependent on what their current situation is. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, for like a lot of people that are kind of maybe not touch and go, but like they're uncertain, to your yeah. point, as long as you get the right kind of mortgage where you can put that principal back in, um, there's not a whole lot of downside to, you know, doing the refi and then, you know, pull out like some equity. And as long as you can put it back within a year or a year and a half, uh, without like you know overpaying to get into a penalty for overpaying things down it's like there's very little risk to you in the great scheme of things for a lot of peace of mind exactly and and you know just circling back like that is one of the main reasons why we like the variable rate so much and why so many of our clients are in that variable rate mortgages because the penalty as long as you're in a variable rate mortgage is only three months worth of interest to break it at any given time so you always know exactly what your costs are to get out of it and so you're always able to look for different opportunities as the market changes right uh, not only does the market change but life changes and we know for a fact that uh, roughly seven out of ten Canadians actually have to pay a penalty on their mortgage at some point um, during their mortgage term you know many reasons such as um, you know, selling and buying a new place, um, refinancing to access equity to consolidate debt or renovate or invest. Uh, divorce is unfortunately a big one in our country as well. Um, and, you know, and now you throw in uh, a pandemic, like, you know, you, there's just things that you never see coming and reasons why you, you might have to break your mortgage is things that you never think of. But the reality is seven out of 10 Canadians do. And so knowing that your cost is only three months of interest to do that just gives you so many opportunities throughout the years to take advantage of, of situations like this when rates drop for a short period of time or, you know, freeing up cash flow when you need to is just it, it, the flexibility is huge. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, what, what are you seeing in terms of like volume of questions these days? Like, uh, are your phones ringing off the hook at this point? Or has it calmed down a little bit? Is it you more reaching out to your clients? Um, you know, like, what are you seeing in terms of the mechanics of your industry? Yeah, it, it, the questions definitely pick up during the during um, periods like this. And like I said, I, I'm I'm hearing about these changes from my clients before I even have a chance to get out of bed in the morning sometimes. So uh, it's wild. But, uh, you know, we're trying to get as much information out to them as we can. Um, and, and I think a lot of the information that we send to our clients 
um, answers a lot of their questions before they can ask them. But there's still a lot of very general and specific questions that people like to run by us. And, you know, we're grateful to be, you know, that point of resource that people trust. And, you know, so we're happy to answer them. Um, we're not answering them as quickly as we would like to in some cases, but I know people are very respectful and understanding of the times right now. Um, a lot of questions came in uh, about the deferring of payments when that was first announced. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't have a ton of information at first, you know, um, you know, we were told that the banks are going to be deferring payments, but we didn't know um, who they'd be offering that to or how it was going to be rolled out or anything like that. So uh, we're slowly starting to receive a little more information on that. And, but unfortunately, like that situation like that, the client has to contact their lender directly to find out what options are available to them. So a lot of the times it's just like, yeah, it's an option with your lender, but you got to contact them directly. So there's not a lot of information we could provide there, unfortunately. But um, yeah, the phone rings off the hook. The emails are nonstop. And like I said, I thought I was going to have a pretty relaxing Friday. And then sure enough, the bank drops the rate half a point again this morning, like out of nowhere. And uh, so, yeah, another busy day on the phones, but that's okay. But in, I mean, I don't know if you know the answer to this because I sure don't. Um, what's the implication if we go to like a zero or less than zero rate like overnight rate like does that in any way affect like mortgages variable rate mortgages like what's a practical consideration for like you know somebody that isn't a major institution yeah i'm not entirely sure because like um like i mean our borrowing rates as mortgage holders would never get to to zero or negative because uh, like the overnight rate was brought down to you know 0.25 percent today um but if if the banks pass on that full discount that just brings the prime lending rate down to 2.45 because they have a built-in buffer on their on their prime lending rate already so um if the actual overnight rate gets to zero um or negative uh, i'm not entirely sure how that's like what impact that will have on the economy i know they have already said that they would like to try to avoid a negative interest rate situation if they can and they have a lot of other levers that they can pull and a lot of um, fiscal stimulus uh, firepower that they have in their in their pockets if they need to before going that route um, but like yeah, countries like japan have been in a negative interest rate situation for you know over 20 years i believe for close to it anyway so um you know it 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 is um, um a, a lever or a mechanism that um has to occur in other economies so uh is it far-fetched to think that it you know might happen here i don't think it's too far-fetched especially right now um but i know that they're trying to avoid it if they can yeah i mean it's hard to there's only so many levers you can pull it's like yeah interest rate print money yeah like I mean, and and we're and we're fresh out of interest rate really at this point almost. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's how much money are they going to print? I guess. Um, is there anything that you want to touch on, or that people should know at this point? Um, I think the only thing I would say is, um, I mean, we've we've touched on on kind of the main uh, points that I think people are are going to be curious about, but um, I just think that you know in times like this um everyone should just kind of stay as calm as they can and don't make any any knee-jerk decisions or reactions to anything uh, also be very very careful in terms of what you are are reading in the news and and hearing um do some research right if, if someone tells you your bank tells you hey 
uh, I should, you know, you should lock in into a fixed rate mortgage. Well, start questioning why, right? Uh, and, you know, maybe get a couple other opinions. And that's just one example, you know, any anything, any kind of financial recommendations you're receiving, whether it has to do with your, uh, your interest rate on your mortgage or your investments in the stock market. Um, just, you know, take a breather, get second opinions and, 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 you know, at the very least wait things out because there is another side to this and, and there is light at the end of the tunnel. We will come out of, out of this and, and there will be opportunities on the other end of this. So um, if people can just kind of do what they need to, to weather this storm for the time being, and um, I think we're all going to be going to be more than okay on the other side. Yeah. I mean, like any recession or downturn or whatever you want to call it comes to an end. It's inevitable. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, things are impermanent that way. So, you know, yeah. and the good times generally outweigh the bad. Yeah. So yeah, this is the thing. And like, I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm very bullish on, um, you know, human ingenuity. Like yeah. for all we know, they could come up with like an antiviral that, you know, gives you a little bit of resistance, but not a full vaccine in the next couple months. And it could be like a non-issue right until a vaccine um, comes out. Right. Yeah. Like we, we don't know, like the level, you know, in, in these kinds of uh, serious situations, like this is where we've seen time and time again, like this is where, innovation happens the fastest because we yeah. need a solution and we need it now. Yeah. So for sure. You know, I'm I'm optimistic that like a solution will be found faster than we may think it will at this point. I agree. And you know, you mentioned that, you know, people are finding solutions and, and that's to, you know, in all all different aspects. I mean, we have businesses that are finding a number of different different solutions right now. And I think um the way businesses done uh, for a lot of industries is going to change forever after this, you know, um, the ability for people to work remotely and from home is, you know, for a lot of companies, it used to be no way, no how. Well, now all of a sudden it's like when you're forced to, well, there's definitely a way and there's a how and, and here's how. So I think you're going to see a lot of industries change uh, for the better on the other end of this, uh, which is going to be good for the, for the consumer uh, and just make business itself more, more efficient. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing that already. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. questions working, everybody working from home yeah. that can work from home. It really does beg the question. It's like, do you really need like, you know, if you, if you have 10,000 square feet of office space, do you need 10,000 square feet of office yeah. space? Yeah. Or can you get away with half, yeah. right? Um, it does beg the question. Uh, I think also like on the other side, um, consumer behavior like has changed so much in the last two weeks that it's unprecedented. Like yeah. how people look at things, why they buy the things that they do, uh, motivations. Um, I mean, even if you compare it back to the last recession, it's not actually like a fair comparison because consumer behavior has fundamentally changed. Yeah. So we're actually seeing this a lot ourselves because we, we you know, buy a lot of ad dollars. And we're seeing like the behavior change and it's incredible. And like, I would tell a lot of people that this isn't a business as usual thing. It's not like, Hey, like let's put our heads down and wait it out. And then we can just proceed with how things were before. Um, you ask anyone that went through the 2008, nine recession, um, if they could do business as usual after. And the answer is unanimously no. Yeah. So I think that this is one of those again, but I think that 
because it's not like a regular recession where like, you know, just things hit the fan economically. Um, I think that the behavior change on this time around is going to be much more pronounced and how people look at the world is going to be fundamentally changed compared to the recession, you know, 12 years ago. So uh, the businesses that adapt to that change are going to be the winners and the ones that don't adapt to that change are going to be in trouble. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So cool. Um, that's about it from, from my end. I mean, is there anything that you think people should know? Like, I mean, you've probably touched on everything that people want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you think people should know? Huh? No, no, not off my head. I mean, we've, I think we've touched on everything to be totally honest. Cool. Yeah. yeah we, I mean, we'll just cut it off there, but, uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for doing the interview. I uh, really appreciate it. And yeah, we'll thanks for up. having me. <laughs> worked out okay. You didn't hear any screaming kids in the background. <laughs> Actually, no, it was really good that way. So, good. yeah. So, so I'm assuming, like, on, on a non-recorded note, um, we'll, we'll cut it off. Like, there's a lot of them that are, like, really eyeing down the situation and just taking a calmer head and, like, but, like let's visit the facts of the situation. But there's people that are like knee jerk, like cut everything. It's like, uh, yeah. okay, cool. Like, I mean, honestly, like those are the smaller accounts anyway that are like knee jerking. Um, the the people that definitely have like a more uh, savvy and, and seasoned team, they're like, yeah, business as usual. Some of some of the bigger ones and the more, you know, people with like a bit more business acumen that just have like more wisdom are like let me know if there's an opportunity for me to like bump things up. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I want an assessment. I'm keep an eye on my competitors. Like, are things getting cheaper? Because if they are, I want to saturate the market with my messaging. Yeah. And it's like, totally. Yeah. Smart. Smart. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll let you go do your thing. Um, cool. Appreciate it. We'll, we'll take this, chop it up into clips. Uh, we'll send some of it your way uh, and we'll get this posted and then you can use it on your social, et cetera. I think it's uh, like a lot of questions people have anyway at this point. So it'll be like valuable content that way. Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. Looking, uh, looking forward to it for sure.